Hi everyone, welcome to the Reitzel Brothers Podcast. I'm Matt. And I'm Curtis. We are the co-hosts of this podcast. We are investor-focused realtors working with our clients to help them build massive wealth in real estate. This is a place where we talk about real estate investing, wealth, and giving back. Make sure to check us out on YouTube and join our private real estate investor group on Facebook called the Tri-City Real Estate Investor Club. Links are in the description. Enjoy this episode. We'll get started. Um, thanks everyone for being here. This is a, a fun way to be doing a meetup. So appreciate that. Um, hope everyone's staying safe with uh, you know everything that's going on. Um, we had it set so that everybody who joins is going to be muted. So just so you know, um, there is going to be an opportunity for questions at the end. There's also a feature on Zoom where you can uh, put questions into the chat. So if you have anything that pops up during, you can put that in there and then I'll make sure to uh, ask that question um, towards the end. And we're also recording this. So um, yeah, you'll be able to check this out again later. So Alex and Kaylee, for the people who don't know you, uh, could you give us kind of a quick backstory on you two and what you're all about? Yeah, first and foremost, thank you guys so much for uh, hosting yes. us and having us on. We, uh, we love you guys and we're huge supporters of the Reitzels in general. So uh, honestly, this is awesome. <laughs> and uh, and way to keep educating people too, especially during this, uh, this crazy pandemic yeah. time. Yeah. You know? I mean, so. ideally, we would have loved to see you in person. We were yeah, there. same, same. But this is, this is great. Keep <laughs> but as an introduction, um, so I've... I, I, I started investing before I guess Kaylee did and then um, just kind of fumbling my way through uh, trial and error. I had read a bunch of books. Robert Kiyosaki was obviously a big inspiration for me in terms of getting into it. And, uh, and to kind of fast forward through some of our trials and tribulations, we eventually ended up meeting on uh, Mark Loeffler's team. Mm -hmm. And uh, we broke his one rule of, you know, no dating on the team. And we got married and now we are living happily ever after. And now Kaylee and I... still won't speak to us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, now Kaylee and I, uh, like we actually bought our first property together before we were married. Uh, she had the same mindset. So she was already um, well immersed in the whole idea of, of investing in real estate. And then it was kind of sky's the limit. Um, and since then we've, we've seriously ramped up. It's been more exponential than it has linear and uh, very exciting stuff. So... Uh, I guess in general, a little bit about what we do. We, we are real estate agents for sure. Uh, we have our licenses as well. Um, Kaylee fronts that side more. So she fronts the Powell Realty uh, Group, which is our real estate team. Uh, whereas I deal more in Powell Property Solutions, which is our uh, investor driven um, team. So we do a ton of joint venture partnerships. We focus on flips, burrs, uh, and and effectively forcing appreciation wherever we can. So those are the the real uh, advantages that we can bring to the table. Is that we are heavily immersed in the construction side of of things as well. So that's where we like to focus. Cool, cool. So I mean, yeah, okay, Matt, I'm I'm jump in here because <laughs> we try and space out the questions, but I'm going for this question here. So what does your current portfolio look like at this moment right now? Well, uh, it's funny because it's, it's changed in the last little bit, but I think we're sitting at 38 doors and we have three more properties closing at the end of this month. 
Yeah. So stay five unit building. So one of them is a five unit. One's going to going to be a two unit, and one's just a single family. So that's going to mm -hmm. add effectively eight more units to to our uh, our portfolio. Nice. Whole last year was seven. We bought how many did we ten last year? last year. We bought ten. So then this year is twenty. Uh, it, I'm trying to think. The virus has thrown a bit of a, a wrench into those plans. I was yeah. on target. It was like looking so good. It's like, oh my God, we're actually going to hit these targets because it was two properties a month. And that would kind of give us two free months of like, you know, lag if we didn't find something. And uh, so. We'll still hit them. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it ain't over till it's There's over. There's going to be great opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's April, guys. It's all good. We got time. <laughs> <laughs> so. So, you know, to touch on, you know, just because this definitely is more just casual conversation about, you know, obviously what's going on and how investors are, you know, are handling everything, obviously, you know, with COVID-19 and, uh, you know, everything that comes with that. So I guess to touch on the properties that you guys have closing, uh, because you guys are right in, I mean, you guys are right in the thick of it. I mean, like having properties closing in, in this time frame. I mean, has there been any, you know, challenges that you guys have ran in trying to get these properties to close or any issues with tenants, stuff like that. I guess talk on that. So we do a lot of uh, private money as well. So all of our construction, like if we do uh, rehab, it's all private. We don't, uh, unless we fund it ourselves. Yeah. So right now, um, everything seems to be taking a little bit longer. So yeah. obviously lawyers are a little overwhelmed. All of our lawyers are overwhelmed. Our lenders are overwhelmed because you know, there's a huge influx of people getting refinances done right now too. And, you know, obviously from a, a residential standpoint, people are concerned about, you know, their jobs, can they close, can yeah. they close, what's going on. So um, we have had quite a few delays. With that said, I mean, everything so far, I mean, knock on wood is yep. closed. There's not really much that we can do, right? Anticipate yeah. delays, um, you know, it is what it is. You're not alone. Everyone's in the same boat right now. So as long as there's really open lines of communication with your team, you know, you just have to be able to roll with it, really. I do feel that a lot of even like I know nowadays there's like schedule B's and C's that include COVID-19 clauses yeah. in person sale. Yeah. And just as a, a tip for you guys, uh, COVID-19 or this virus does not fall under a force majeure situation where you can't back out of a deal because of it. Uh, so just a heads up on that um, for those people that, you know, some, some people were like, oh, I'm just going to back out of this deal, but it just yeah. doesn't work that way, right? So right. you got to do what you can. But I do feel that a lot of people are pretty sympathetic to the fact that it's just a weird time. No one's really gone through this. So yeah. we had a flip that closed at the beginning of the month. Actually, sorry, at the end of March. Um, and it actually was delayed closing by three days, but luckily we're in communication with the seller the whole time. So it, everyone was pretty on point. So were the banks, everything, everyone knew and it was all, all smoothed over without major uh, hiccups. But of course we want to avoid those cause you want everything to go smoothly and we plan a lot in advance. However, we do have to roll with the punches in this, in this scenario, right? Yeah, no. There's no such thing as an easy close. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah no. It, you get it. <laughs> it never is in general, but especially you know COVID nineteen, everything's very different. Yeah. You know, just just with uh, you know the nature of everything going on, and you know, I like the mindset too. You know, just taking more of a, you know, you know, it's kind of rolling with it because obviously everybody's going to have to potentially, you know, whether that's. Um, yeah, you have to to like acclimatize, right? Yeah, Everybody's different. So, 
you know, yeah. we'll just take it day by day and just keep anticipating everything will be fine until it's not. And when it's not, we'll shift. Gosh, that bridge when it gets <laughs> right? there for sure. Yeah. yeah. And with, um, with the property, um, or, I mean, your whole portfolio right now, um, you know, the, with all the tenants that, you know, are, you know, coming up and paying rent this month, like, have you had issues with tenants so far or tenants can't pay? And have you had to like had open lines of communications there since you guys have a handful of properties? We were very proactive versus reactive. So, um, yeah. we still manage a handful of properties ourselves, but mostly are, are handled by property managers. So, um, you know, I, personally reached out to every single person that I put into one of our properties simply just to say, are you okay? Is there anything that we can give? You know, are you anticipating, you know, layoffs or any sort of disruption? And I think because of our units and kind of the, the level of tenant, like we don't have C tenants, we have A or B tenants at, at the least. Um, for the most part, people are just working from home, right? Yeah. So we've had two, two units that paid late but had already given notice and made arrangements. Yeah. Now next month, May 1st might be different, right? Yeah, yeah. sure. Um, but we made sure that they had, you know, resources for the CRB re like refund and all that kind of stuff. You know, are you guys going on EI? Is there anything we can point you in the right direction for? I think it was a, uh, it's very important to educate and, uh, yeah. and as Kaylee said, be proactive because yeah. it, it's not just about, where's my rent and of course us as landlords or rental housing providers we're in a situation right now where it's a it's an unfortunate place you're, you're stuck between you know here's the government and and they're you know going on public television saying you know don't worry about paying your rent which is mm -hmm. giving people mixed messages right and then you have the renters on the other side and fortunately you have the landlords in the middle that are just squeezing the entire system and i'm a firm believer that the system's broken right now However, as investors, I am a true and firm believer that we have to be leaders. Yeah. It doesn't matter what situation you're in. I, I know we're all in a weird spot right now. However, you have to come from contribution. You always have to act as a leader. And that means taking the high road. And sometimes it's not easy, especially when rent is such an emotional thing. And it is for not just us, but the renters as well. So we try our best in, in terms of communication and adding value to tenants as well yeah. at the end of the day part of adding the value is educating them on, on the fact that if you're not able to pay your rent then let's work something out but just know that rent will be due so yeah. even though we don't have a lot of recourse right now with the ltb being shut down things like that it's still due yeah. and it will be due and and unfortunately like you don't want to have that backlog start building up because that's when you're getting in, in, into trouble. And so luckily enough, there's a lot of resources. As Kaylee said, we have been very fortunate. We do have some really great tenants in our units and stuff like that. So we're going to carry on that way. And, and, and I don't think April 1st is the big kicker. I think that yeah, that truly is going to be June. May and June. Hopefully by, by May, we're going to start to see the up. So uh, knock on wood, you know? Yeah, no. And, and, and it's true. And it, especially too it's 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 important to educate the tenants too on on because like as this was all getting more serious there was word of you know i don't have to pay my rent at all it's like no that's not that's no 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 this isn't how it's going to work yeah you know you still have to pay your rent <laughs> you know and it's still going to be payable but maybe you know like if you if you have hit some unforeseen you know times uh you know then obviously that's worked something out alex i know you 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 touched on it 
and I don't know if you want to go into too much detail about how the system's broken. Um, yeah. What do you mean by that? So if you look right now, it's uh, the statistics are crazy skewed. So how the system works right now is you don't get paid rent on the first. So on the second, you can apply for an N4 and then N4 is a non-payment of rent. Then you have to wait 14 days. And on the 14th day, if you still don't have rent at that time, you can apply for an eviction notice at the LTB. Right. And that eviction notice then gets processed and they book a hearing date for you. Now the LTB has been so backlogged because supposedly the LTB has had a shortage of adjudicators and they have somebody who's appointed into that role that is then going to effectively referee or judge the hearing to say yay or nay. Right. And so for example, Kaylee and I had, uh, we've been good at our tenant selection, but our, we've had a tenant from a long time ago that just decided in September that they didn't want to pay rent mm -hmm. out of the blue. So we went through the process and it was through a property manager. They, they applied on the, or sent an N4 on the second and then yeah. on, on the 14th or whatever it, it, uh, it got issued to the uh, LTB and we got our hearing date February 20th. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you're talking September, October, November, December, January, February of no rent. So February they come in, they, the guys had the tenacity to show up at the LTB. We weren't there. It was a paralegal uh, representing us. And then they issued the notice to say, okay, you now have an eviction order in place. The guy has to now leave by March 15th. So right. luckily we just hit that cusp of before this whole Corona thing came out. And now we have a vacant unit that we've, we're now going to turn over. And to elaborate on that as well, he had until the 15th to pay us. So if he paid in full, he could still stay, which we knew right. he wasn't going to do. And yeah. even if he didn't leave on the 15th, then we could call the sheriff, which again, we pay for. And then it's, they have two weeks to come out. And then they have 72 hours after that. Yeah. <laughs> so now, I, I know we're probably not doing a great job to illustrate, you know, the joys of, of real estate investing. These are... That's are, a worst case scenario. Totally. And yeah. of all yeah. the units we have, that's the first one that we've ever had to yeah. go through. Which exactly. is great to, yeah. great to point out. At the end of the day, what I would suggest is everybody make sure you do your credit checks. Make sure you go through the process. At the beginning, that was one yeah. of the very first properties we ever bought. And it was just a change of heart in the guy. Mm -hmm. But... Coming back to, to your point there, Curtis, in terms of why the system's broken, if somebody has to wait five months because of non-payment of rent yeah. and someone has to have an appointed adjudicator judge whether or not the person's paid rent or not, in my opinion, it's a broken system. So we are huge supporters of the Ontario Landlord Watch. I'm not sure if you guys have, have, have heard of them or not. Uh, I know Kayla's a... a a big fan of all these types of groups. So definitely reach out to her for sure. But they are now starting initiatives to create a voice for investors. And the problem is, is that it, it kind of had to happen this way because the pendulum has swung so far in the other direction where now it's just, it's kind of ridiculous. Mm -hmm. you know? And not just a voice, a legal presence. Yeah. Like they're they're going to lobby like in the government for landlords. Kind of, yeah, I, I, mean, I don't want to say union. That's probably yeah. Definitely look into the information on the Ontario Landlord Watch Facebook group. Definitely join and support however you can because us as landlords, remember how I said we're being squeezed in the middle? Yeah. We have to stick up for ourselves. And I'm yeah. sorry, we don't necessarily need an appointed adjudicator to say, 
okay, why haven't you paid rent in six months? Right. You can take anybody with a high school education, in my opinion, to mm -hmm. sit there and say, okay, why didn't you pay rent? Yeah. Right. And so if you think about 84, or the stats are in the 80 percentile of the people that are applying at the LTB, it's for non-payment of rent. Yeah. So I completely agree. Save the adjudication, save the hearings for the serious cases where there's other types of disputes. But for simple things like non-payment of rent, I'm sorry, you need some sort of recourse. And to have to wait five months is, in my opinion, a little bit, you know, it's yeah. broken. That is yeah. a broken system. So it's, it's not a wonder why the ombudsman, the Ontario ombudsman, is now investigating the LTB because of how, how many complaints and how many uh, people have raised their hands saying this is just unreal. So you can tell I'm a little passionate about well, it. No, and no, no, it's good. No, no. And not everyone's minds right now, right? People are, people are fired up, you know, this whole battle of tenants versus landlords is just ridiculous. The thing right? is though, like I, to, from a fundamental standpoint, I have to agree that if you can't put, like, if you don't have money for food, then food trumps shelter. Yeah. I get that. Mm -hmm. And if a tenant was ever in a situation where they can't pay rent or they're hurting that badly, then you talk to me and we're going to help you and we're going to figure this out and we're going to find you the support you need because we're not bad people as landlords and we want to see our tenants thrive and succeed. They're effectively our customers. Yeah. However, to abuse the, the message that was mixed by, by now we see um, like these tenant advocacy yeah, groups saying like rent strikes and stuff like right. that. In my opinion, that's like borderline like anarchy and it's just like chaos that they're just trying to create. And, and for, for us, like, you know, I, we can sit here and boast how many properties and how many doors that we own, but what people don't know is when this laptop closes, how we work and how long we work and the effort that we put into it and how much networking we're doing and all the things in the background that really go into making the wheel spin. Yeah. Yeah. So no, no I, yeah, yeah, 100%. And it's, it's, it's the stuff that people don't see, you know, people that, you know, are getting into investment properties or, and, or, you know, don't own the amount that you guys do, or, you know, that don't own any at all. They just don't see. Most people you know, have like one to two, you know, yeah. like uh, the majority of, of landlords are small business owners, right? They have yeah. maybe one to three properties and, you know, if they don't get rent, it cripples them. Yeah. Right. I think it's, it's like 56% yeah. of yeah, landlords or the, of the housing providers are small, small scale landlords. Oh my God. Yeah. And they're, and they're not sitting in their account, you know, with a couple million dollars in reserves to call. Oh. You know what I mean? So it, it's yeah, you know, like, driving their fancy car. They're like, they're people just like us, you know, that are just trying to get ahead yeah. using, you know, real estate as a vehicle to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And no, it's, it's it so really true. And, and, you know, so many of the investors that, I mean, I'm sure that you guys work with and we work with, you know, a lot of them, you know, had a bunch of equity in their home and they went out and bought an investment property and now they have an investment property and it's great, but like they don't have this boatload of cash. They, you know, they refinance their home to get into the game and they're very happy that they did. But, you know, a lot of, a lot of tenants just feel like, oh yeah, I'm paying, I'm paying $1,500 a month in rent. And it's all just going, it, you know, it's all yeah, just going. It's this nice going yeah. <laughs> Little do they realize that our cash flow on, on the typical property is like $200 a yeah. month and yeah. God forbid the pipes leak, you know, like, but yeah. you're, this is a long-term yeah. game. It's not 
time, uh, timing the market or anything like that is time in the market. That's what they say. So when we're buying these properties, this is a legacy journey for us. Yeah. This is something that is going to help us during our retirement because we're not firm believers in the RSP system. There's nothing against it. It's good for the average person, but those things don't make sense for us. So for us to invest in properties, plus we're passionate about it. Yeah. There's a lot of gratification that comes from turning a, dilapidated distressed property and revitalizing it so that it can provide a safe housing for somebody who's moving in and people are super excited when they move into our units. So there's a lot that comes out of that, that we full, you know, full display. We love it yep. and we're passionate about it and we can make really good money at it. We just have to be careful and, and do it, do it right. That's all. Well, yeah. And I think, and I think too, just to kind of, you know, wrap up that point and is wrap up that thought that, you know, if you own enough real estate or you own real estate for long enough, you're going to have some issues. It's just yeah. what it is. So, you know, it's just, you know, something's going to happen, whether it's, you know, a leak out of property or, you know, a tenant's upset or something happened, just miscommunication, whatever it is, you're going to run into your fair share of issues. But, um, yeah. And on that point though, Chris, no, yeah. on that point, like, do you think people that own RSPs aren't really running into some issues right now? Right. You know, people that had all their money in the stock market aren't running into some issues right now. Totally. At the end of the Normal day, people that just have nine to five jobs also yeah. now are running into yeah, issues. Yeah, totally. It's, it's a very, very strange scenario. Yeah. But in my opinion, out of all those asset classes, at least that house is still standing and someone needs to live in that house. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's tangible. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And yeah. We look at it that way. So I'm going to I'm gonna wrap up with one question here and then we're going to open up to Q&A um, because Zoom, I think, is going to start ticking me down. It's going to give me a limit for like five minutes. So I'm kind of keep my eye on that. Yeah. Um, but I guess, I guess let's kind of give an overall, overall thoughts here. Any advice that you would leave for guests on this call or investors in general that are going through, you know, COVID-19 and trying to manage their properties and, you know, I guess, keeping their mindset right and dealing with all the properties going through COVID-19. I, I definitely think that to have some sort of idea of the real estate cycle, uh, educate yourself on that and, and look into what a lot of the banks are saying. Um, there's a really good uh, report that came out from the uh, CEO of CIBC where they're talking about how this is a recession that we're in. However, it's fabricated because of this virus. And that even though people are losing their jobs, they do have a job to come back to once this is all done. So what I would suggest is real estate is a lagging indicator. And we know that the stock market has now dropped. Property values are still there. We're seeing the sales uh, numbers decrease. So not as many transactions are happening. However, values are staying pretty strong right now. We are expecting to see a little bit of a dip. Now, once again, the Canadian banking systems are incredibly robust. They're one of the best in the world. But a lot of these economists that we're talking to in like the different networking groups that we're, we're a part of are saying that when this is over, they anticipate that the, a lot more people are going to bring their money into Canada just because of how robust our banking system is. Yeah. So they're anticipating that that will make our our economy that much stronger, more people are going to be bringing money into it, which means that property values will once again go on the rise. So there's no doubts there, but at a time like this, if you haven't bought property yet and you're thinking of buying a property, 
that's still okay. Just make sure that you're running your numbers and you're leading with revenue. Make sure that your cash flow and the properties can sustain themselves. If you're not quite looking and you're wondering, you know, is this a good time or not? Go for refinances. Find mm -hmm. money now so that when that, that value does come down, boom, you can start to swipe up the good deals because you have cash accessible. Yeah. So look at your principal residence. Look at any other investment properties where the values are still staying high. Go for the refis. Put it on a HELOC. Grab that money so that when the time comes and property values have diminished a little bit, you can just go on a feeding frenzy. Yeah. And I know that's, it's a little bit of a twisted way to think. And, and so take this with, a, uh, with the best of intentions. But remember what Warren Buffett said is that be fearful when people are greedy and then be greedy when others are fearful. And it's no different. Yeah. Be like Warren Buffett. That's all I got to say. And you can yeah, still yeah. do it with a kind heart. You don't have to be greedy per se. It's just a figure. Yep. But be smart. This is investing. You buy low, you sell high. That's, that's the fundamental point. We're at a position right now where things are going to be a little bit lower. Utilize that and capitalize on it, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Kaylee, anything? I shouldn't let him go first. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, I think that uh, like COVID specific, I think this is a time when a lot of people are going to pause and step back. So I think that the opportunity to get in is even better now. So if you were on the fence and you've educated yourself, make good decisions, you know, align yourself with people that are doing it, reach out, get support. Uh, right now, more than ever, everything's on Zoom. People are reaching out. They want to interact, right? Because we're all freaking cooped up in our houses doing you know, working and, yeah. and doing what we can. And I would also say, um, you know, maintain a positive mindset, regardless of whether you're optimistic or pessimistic, the day is going to pass. Right? Yeah. Um, it's I'm so easy to get cabin optimist. fever. Yeah. You know, like I, yeah. I'll see the best in everything. Um, so for us, you know, we're taking a look at our properties. We're doing a bit of an inventory, you know, where can we be tightening up? What needs adjustments, you know? Look at your business. Look where you want to be. Yeah. This is a great time to set goals. From a Kelly right? Williams standpoint, red light, green light, you know, what yeah. are those recurring costs of like, yeah. you know, $50 to good life. And I haven't been in two months, you know, <laughs> maybe I can put those on. Hold. <laughs> but, uh, well, you can't go, but yeah, before maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 That's not COVID related. <laughs> Totally, totally. I had a cough. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's we're just gonna blame it on COVID for not going to the gym. Yeah, COVID. Yeah. I'm just my body is gone. <laughs> so, um, okay, awesome. So we have it's it's clicking me down. We have about six minutes left. So, uh, I'm gonna open it up for questions. So, if you if anybody in you wants to unmute themselves and ask a question, um, they can feel free to do so. If not, we have a question in this group chat that we're gonna answer. But uh, if anybody wants to pipe in right now and unmute themselves and ask a question. They are more than happy to. So let's see if anybody does that. It's the moment of truth. How do you guys run your background credit checks? We've uh, been using Neighborly uh, and that's only been in the last, I guess, maybe two or three years. There's only one aspect. So Neighborly, we also have, <laughs> I place all Yeah, you lay down. So Neighborly is great when you're doing a large volume, right? So if you have a lot of applications coming in, it's, it was free right now. It's not. Um, and it's also, I find it's, if people don't want to go through the process of even filling it out, they just self select, right? They're not going to be the right fit. Um, I always meet them in person. 
Uh, I always call their references. I never call their current landlord ever. There's no point. If they're a terrible tenant and they just want to get them out, I've been lied to in the past. Now we have different resources as realtors too. So from a landlord standpoint, I'll always take the name. I'll see if it's even an owner of the property or if, you know, they're a property management company, I'll Google them. Cause again, it could just be a friend. So, um, you know, Google their name, look at their Facebook account. Uh, credit scores are a non-negotiable and I don't mean the score itself. I look at their spending behavior, right? If there's red flags or they had a poor score that was affected by say one unpaid bill, then if they have a consistent history since then of always paying on time, that's better than if I'm seeing, you know, money marked, cash loans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had one applicant send me her bank statements and it was like all cash withdrawals, which in Hamilton or really any city is a big red flag, right? Mm-hmm. And like shopping, you know, she's like a little kid, no groceries, no right. um, like anything that you would tip a, typically see in a, like a mom, right? Like a single mom thing. So that just wasn't good. Uh, so yeah, that's how we screen and always if, meet them. If you think about what what good tenants would really hold valuable that, you know, imagine you're a tenant and you have a great credit score and then you decide not to pay your rent. Are you going to risk us taking you to collections and ruin your credit score? Yep. It's a very low probability. Now the other thing is that if you have a good, decent job as well, like, you know, often people that are doing odd jobs, it's not consistent income. So even those two telltale signs, if you don't want to go through the process of, of, of paying for the neighborly app now that is they're charging for it. Those That'll two be a from, good from a fundamental, if, if I know I've got somebody and they've got like a 750 credit score, I'm pretty sure they're good at paying their bills. Right. So we're, we, uh, we typically try and try and for that, but hopefully, uh, Kaylee touched on all the other details there. Cool. Cool. Okay, we've in the chat sort of combine them together in a sense. Um, just someone was asking, is there a way to recover money that the tenant had to pay um, for that entire month period? And then also sort of segueing into the, the next question. Um, just have you heard anything about landlord financial support for non-payment of rent? I haven't heard anything definitive for landlord support just yet. Nothing yet. Nothing specific other than, and again, we are not advocating this because we're personally not considering it but you know some people if you're in that dire of a situation they're deferring mortgages i've even seen some you know big investors being like i'm deferring all of mine it's unrealistic to think that the bank won't look at that in the future so yeah big caution sign there do not take that as a to-do by all means you got to do what you got to do yeah it's a deferral right yeah it's it's not hey don't make your payment this month it's make it later and they're also charging interest on that deferral so it's just they're gonna look at it in the future you know if you weren't able to pay any of your mortgage payments on all your properties month one and you had to defer and then you know a year later you're trying to get a mortgage they're gonna look at you and be like no you're high risk right right now to recover money, you if it's a, if it's a month or something like that, I don't know if it would be worth the effort to go through it. Maybe it would if you just you know if you feel very passionate about it. But Let's see if you can get a line of credit for, instead. For uh, well, what I'm talking about is uh, collecting the rent when somebody hasn't paid. Oh yes. Um. So for example, in our case, where the guy hasn't paid, 
we've actually hired now the paralegal to go to small claims court. Small claims court sees the order from the LTB. They owe, I think, $8,600, which is a pretty penny, right? Yep. So in they will actually track the person down. They'll serve the notice or, or whatever the case may be. And they'll, they'll, they can seize assets. They can, they can garnish, garnish wages. They can do all kinds of things. So that's why it's so important that if the person is holding a legitimate job, then then you can garnish wages. But if that person that you've hired or put in your your rental is is for instance an ODSP person, and you're not gonna you're not gonna have that same luck, right? So, I don't um I don't mean to cut you off. We are less than a minute yeah. here, and I just want to make sure that it doesn't automatically end us because I don't know what happens to the recording here. So um, I. <laughs> Because I want the recording for YouTube content. Come on. Yeah, so, sure. um, if anybody wants to get a hold of you too, just shoot me an email, and then I can um, gladly connect you guys. I um, I really do appreciate you guys coming on. You guys are awesome. Oh, we appreciate we you guys. Love you guys. Us. Thank you so much. We're on Facebook too. And everybody, Instagram. stay safe out there. Thank you guys. Thank you, Reitzels, for having us. You guys are awesome. We're huge supporters. Yeah. We can't and, wait uh, to see you in person. Thanks, yeah. Alex and Kaylee. Stay safe. <laughs> all right. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. Nice. Bye. Okay, Bye. Coming on.